Hey everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Unspoken Logic. I'm Michael. Let's get it started. Who can you trust? Where do you get the amount of information that you consider to be legitimate? Viable piece of information that for the most part you bet and you place your entire life on is it on that little oblong box in the corner of your home is it a third party newspaper television radio talk show host do you know who these people are Have you done research on their family lineage? What this person is all about? And if the information they're giving you is information that long-term isn't meant to be fear-mongering, but only to uplift and to instill knowledge so that you can make a decision about what's going on. For this podcast, who can you trust? That's why I'm going to call this one Project Mockingbird. So here in the United States of America, we have something that's called the Central Intelligence Agency or the CIA. And you may have some reservations about what exactly the CIA does and as a whole if they're good for the sovereignty and freedom of our nation and the world because they're not just here in america before i get into it i wanted to remind everyone about gary webb in 1996 gary webb exposed how the cia hired drug traffickers to sell massive amounts of cocaine in the United States in order to raise untraceable funds to finance a terrorist organization who were trying to overthrow the Nicaragua government. These massive shipments of cocaine ultimately sparked the crack epidemic that decimated inner cities during the 90s. As a result, mainstream media vilified Gary Webb and destroyed his career which also destroyed his marriage. But he refused to back down. In 2004, he was found dead with two bullet wounds to his head. His death? You guessed it. It was ruled a suicide. This man literally lost everything to give us a glimpse of the truth. And I dedicate this podcast to him. Let's not let his memory or what he stood for fade. The CIA is a sham. Everything we know about it is used against American citizens. As mentioned, you may have not have heard about this operation, but it is a real thing. Operation Mockingbird. During the Cold War, the U.S. Central Intelligence Agency, or the CIA, launched its Operation Mockingbird, which aimed to collect intelligence by bribing journalists and institutions around the world and affecting public opinion 
by manipulating news media, just as what we saw with Gary Webb. He brought out light about what the CIA was doing and the CIA moles that infiltrated the media vilified him. Carl Bernstein, a famous American investigative journalist who unveiled the scandal in 1977, said that according to the plan, the CIA recruited journalists that were put on payroll by the CIA and instructed to write fake stories. The CIA admitted that at least 400 journalists and 25 large organizations around the world had secretly carried out assignments for the agency. Bluebird, a cryptonym for a CIA mind control program lasting from 1951 to 1953, run by the Office of Scientific Intelligence. During this time, the CIA authorized experiments to be conducted by licensed psychiatrists. The experiments had various purposes, including, but not limited to, creating new identities, inducing amnesia, inserting hypnotic access codes in subjects right into their minds, creating multiple personalities, and creating false memories. And if you remember what I talked about, creating false memories, 5G, in conjunction with the actual graphene oxide. The research has also included placing brain electrodes in people and controlling their behavior from remote transmitters, administering daily dosages of LSD-25 to children for an extended period of time, and using electroconclusive therapy to erase memories. This is real. This actually happened. Now, there's a memorandum for the record uh, released January 31st, 1975. Subject is Project Artichoke. Artichoke is the agency cryptonym for the study and or use of special interrogation methods and techniques. Those special interrogation methods have been known to include the use of drugs and chemicals, hypnosis, and total isolation, a form of psychological harassment. Let that sink in. Total isolation. Quarantine. Quarantine yourself. Stay away from loved ones. This is all part of a bigger operation that's being implemented worldwide on a grand scale. People need not to fall for this because it's bigger than what you and I think. And if you're listening to this, well, spread the information. People need to hear about this. A review of available file information obtained from Office of Security Resources failed to reflect a comprehensive or complete picture of the artichoke program as participated in by the Office of Security. Fragmentary information contained in a variety of files previously maintained by the Security Research Staff or SRS reflected several basic papers which described in general terms the program known as Artichoke. Information contained therein indicated that prior to 1952 the Office of Security had studied the use of drugs and chemicals in quote-unquote, unconventional interrogation. These studies were evidently coordinated with the agency unit, which was called OSI. OSI at the time apparently was the coordinating unit within 
You guessed it, the CIA. One paper reflected that the Office of Security team, as early as 1949 through the 50s, experimented with drugs and hypnosis under a project called Bluebird. This paper also reflected that by 1951, actual interrogations utilizing drugs were conducted by a combined team of Office of Security and Office of Medical Services personnel, but few details were available. File information indicated that 1952, overall responsibility for Project Artichoke passed from OSI to the Office of Security. References to the operational use of drugs as to aid and interrogation since that time were found in various files, but few details concerning these experiments were reflected. A memorandum subject title, Project Artichoke, dated November 21st, 1952 by Sheffield Edwards, reflected. So if you don't think that what's going on isn't a bigger push by certain groups and organizations within the United States, within what we know to be the elite, the Illuminati, Majestic 12, the 1%, the powers that be, whatever you want to call them, this is all being coordinated and pushed out for our reality for a reason. And you have to push back because whatever you hear, whatever they're pushing out for you to consume, for you to fear, it's not real. I'm telling you, I've gone this entire time of not living in fear. And it's not once impacted my life. Now to go deeper down the rabbit hole, the National Student Organization was exposed in Ramparts Magazine in 1967 for having money funneled to them by the CIA. So now we know that the CIA is funneling money to the student organization, the schools. And we all know if you've gone to school, if you've gone to college here in the U.S., or I can only speak for the U.S. because um, that's where I live, they definitely push a certain agenda. And I don't know if there's a certain curriculum or if they're just hired on because this is part of the brainwashing cog that they have in place to brainwash the younger generation. But they push certain ideologies, certain agendas that, I mean, I've even gotten into arguments with some of my professors because at the end of the day, I'm a grown man. And I make my own decisions. And I'm not going to sit there and listen to certain ideologies as if they're normal. As I said, the money funneled to them by the CIA for festivals and other events. That's what they hid it under. That was the guise. Amounts of the propaganda was made using the average American student. This was blown open in 1977 when journalists Carl Bernstein and Bob Woodward exposed the Watergate scandal in 1974. Aidan McClune, who is the staff reporter, wrote about Operation Mockingbird, uh, that it was a covert U.S. government operation run by the CIA to implant pro, allegedly pro-U.S. propaganda in American media and front organizations. 
Starting in the 1950s, the CIA began to hire and contract students and people in the media to write false stories or embellish stories to favor the U.S. government. I could think of another government, a regime, that did the same thing. Numerous. In 1967, it was proven in Ramparts magazine that even the National Student Organization was being funneled money by the CIA for festivals and other events using phony companies and mysterious benefactors. These collectives created massive amounts of propaganda using the average American student. It was blown open, like I said, in 1977 when famed journalist Carl Bernstein, who also with his partner Bob Woodward, exposed the Watergate scandal in 1974. Uh, the CIA and the media, Bernstein revealed, that certain reporters not only were paid by the U.S. government, they also engaged in more extensive relationships with the CIA, even sharing notebooks, and some were paid upward of a half a million dollars for their work. $500,000. Tax dollars. You paid for that. You are paying for your own brainwashing, your own indoctrination. Some have alleged that these operation and front organizations still exist. I think the evidence is very apparent that it does exist and that what we are seeing is exactly that. The CIA, the US government, pushing propaganda paid for by big pharma, by elite groups owned by Israel, owned by the elite, owned by the 13 bloodlines, possibly even owned and operated upward. Now, BlackRock is the largest money management firm in the world with more than $10 trillion in assets under management, giving the firm enormous power over the global financial system in April 2018. Now, the main guy for BlackRock, Fink, his net worth was estimated at a lousy $1 billion. Now, if you look into Mr. Fink, his full name is Lawrence Douglas Fink, born in 1952, November 2nd, uh, Los Angeles, California. Went to University of California, Los Angeles. He has an MBA. He's chairman and CEO of BlackRock. And surprisingly, his political party is Democratic. Mr. Lawrence sits on the board of the influential council on foreign relations and get this the world economic forum it's funny how they just all get tied together fink grew up in a jewish family in van nuys california where his mother was an english professor and his father owned a shoe store he earned a b.a in political science from ucla uh, and was a member of the Kappa Beta Pi. Uh, he then received his MBA in real estate at UCLA Anderson Graduate School of Management in 1976. Now, we know these large institutions play a role in this. Let's go back a little bit and let's talk about the talking heads on TV. For instance, Anderson Cooper. He sits at the height of the U.S. corporate media, okay? He is a host of his own program on CNN, and if you look at CNN's logo, what does it say? 
what can you see? 3, 3, 3. And a correspondence for 60 minutes. He may be one of the most powerful people working in journalism. On February 24th, 60 Minutes produced a report criticizing Bernie Sanders for comments he made in the 1980s, tepidly praising social programs run by the revolutionary leftist government in Cuba and Nicaragua. Now, the 60 Minutes feature was hosted by Anderson Cooper, who pressured Sanders to denounce Fidel Castro and stress there's a lot of dissidents imprisoned in Cuba. The exchange with Sanders set off a firestorm of attacks on the Vermont senator with campaign rivals and, you know, Bernie Sanders never worked a day in his life. Once attacks uh, the 1%, but he is the 1%. He's a part of it. With campaign rivals and a bipartisan cast of pundits slamming him for his mild defense of Cuba's gains in literacy. But Cooper and his red-baiting performance remained above scrutiny. The seemingly non-partisan media celebrity rarely talks about his upbringing and understandably so because Cooper comes from a background that most average working class Americans could only dream of. The media favorite, Silver Fox, hails from one of the most powerful families in human history. He is a son of oligarch Gloria Vanderbilt. The Vanderbilts. I'm going to discuss more about the 13 bloodlines and you're going to be amazed what the Vanderbilts and what they're involved in. And his great 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 grandfather was Cornelius Vanderbilt, a prototypical American robber baron who had in fact helped lead a bungling imperial plot to build a canal through Nicaragua during the 1850s. It is by no means uncommon for scions of elite families to get rewarded with massive platforms in U.S. corporate media. The mainstream's press is chock full of figures like Cooper's CNN colleagues Aaron Burnett, who was hired by media giant after occupying senior positions at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. A blue-blooded TV anchor coming from money and privilege is one thing. But a top news personality with a background at the Central Intelligence Agency? I mean, I guess we could have saw that coming. In 2006, Cooper published an article at CNN admitting that he worked at CIA headquarters for two summers while he was a student at Yale University. An intelligence agency linked elite Bastion where former CIA director George H.W. Bush also studied. He stated, my summer job nearly 20 years ago. So as an interesting thing happened today, a website has published an article saying that I once worked for the CIA. This is coming from Cooper, September 6, 2006, Wednesday, third day, three, right? So the numbers, they make stuff. They, they posted this. This came from CNN's website. Uh, CNN received a call from the website yesterday informing us that they were going to publish the story. They didn't have all the facts straight and I've received some questions about it so I decided just to write the blog post hoping to get the facts out there. So he wants to put everything out there first and give the first impression. As a college student I had a number of summer jobs and internships including working at the CIA. Keep in mind we are talking about nearly 20 years ago. 
the Bengals walk like an Egyptian was on the radio. I was 19 years old and I, like many college students was curious about a variety of careers. There was a flyer for the CIA in my college career counseling office and I applied for the summer job. I was a political science major and was interested in serving my country. For a couple months over the course of two summers, I worked at the CIA headquarters in Langley, Virginia, or the farm, right? And let me tell you, they listen. There are reporters who have been in the military, others who've interned on Capitol Hill while they were in college. I know the CIA may sound more exotic and mysterious, but it was actually pretty bureaucratic and mundane, at least a little bit that I saw it. By the end of the second summer, I realized it was not a place I wanted to work after college. All right, so he set the narrative on that one. He's made it seem like the CIA isn't what people are saying about it. It's just mundane, all right? He downplayed his work in the infamous spy agency, which has orchestrated coups armed and trained death squads and tortured and assassinated people, innocent people. Seth Rich. Gary Webb. Dr. Andreas Nowak, I'm sure. Anybody that comes out with a glimpse of what the truth actually is, they're considered a threat because they don't want the normies, they don't want the regular sheep to start questioning the narrative that they've shaped over 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. They've been planting the seed of inception in your head for a very, very, very long time. And people are brainwashed. They believe it. They believe anything that is told to them. Why they don't want to question any of this? It's beyond me. I can take a wild guess is that it's easier to be told what to believe. Your illusion? They don't want to lose that. It's safer. The comfort of just living your 9 to 5. Somebody else is thinking for you. That's the American dream, isn't it? Now, Cooper even flippantly likened it to a job he had as being a waiter another summer. He said, It was less James Bond than I hoped it would be. Cooper would later joke to the Washington Post, he said he ultimately found the job bureaucratic and mundane. But Cooper chose to work for the CIA not just for one summer, but for two. After one stint at the agency's headquarters, he returned a year later. In fact, Cooper justified his work at the CIA in his 2006 article writing, I was a political science major and was interested in serving my country. This makes it clear that the CNN host believes good patriotic Americans can help their compatriots by joining the intelligence apparatus. The mindset Cooper took into the CIA cannot be divorced from the mentality he brought into his interview with Sanders, where he grilled the left-wing politician for his insufficient opposition to progressive governments in Latin America. But Cooper's perspective of corporate media culture, and he is hardly the only prominent journalist with CIA ties. In 2014, a prominent 
American national security reporter Ken Delanian was exposed for having collaborated extensively with the CIA. At the Associated Press and the Los Angeles Times, Delanian shared two stories with spy officials before publications, and even plotted with CIA officers to manipulate public opinion on the drone assassination program. Delanian follows in a long line of spy agency collaborators. As the Cold War kicked off in the 1950s, the CIA initiated an operation, you guessed it, called Project Mockingbird, with the intent of surveilling and ultimately recruiting journalists using corporate media outlets as weapons to advance the U.S. government's foreign policy agenda and bolster Washington's crusade against communism. Propaganda. The Gray Zone has previously referred to an investigation by renowned journalist Carl Bernstein, the former Washington Post reporter who exposed the Watergate scandal. In 1977, Bernstein published a Rolling Stone cover story titled The CIA and the Media. How America's Most Powerful News Media Worked Hand in Glove with the Central Intelligence Agency and Why the Church Committee Covered It Up. Bernstein obtained CIA files that showed that more than 400 American journalists in the previous 25 years had secretly carried out assignments for the Central Intelligence Agency. How this program continues today is not known. But what is clear is that Anderson Cooper and other media professionals have enjoyed special relationships with the CIA, and I'm pretty sure being a direct descendant of the Vanderbilts plays into it. Carter Vanderbilt Cooper, a son of the fashion designer and heiress Gloria Vanderbilt, which is going to be Anderson Cooper's brother, plunged to his death from his mother's east side apartment when he was 23 years old. Now, from the news article, it states, apparently a suicide, the police said. Sergeant Diane Kubler said Mr. Cooper, 23 at the time, jumped from a 14th floor penthouse terrace at 10 Gracie Square about 7 p.m., landing in an alley between the building and a walkway next to the East River. Mr. Cooper, who had been undergoing treatment for depression, didn't leave a note. Sergeant Kubler said his mother was with him on the terrace when he jumped. Mr. Cooper, and if you look at the mother, there's a whole string of just a web of confusion and lies that go along with how she got her money and where she came from. Again, her name's Gloria Vanderbilt. Mr. Cooper, whose residence was given as 30 Beekman Place, was the elder of two sons from Miss Vanderbilt's fourth marriage. His father was Wyatt Emery Cooper, an author and film script writer. Hmm, pretty convenient on that one. The heiress and Mr. Cooper, a well-known social figure, were married in 1963. Uh, he died of heart ailment in 1978 at age 50. Miss Vanderbilt's three previous marriages to Pasquale DeSecco, Leopold Stokowski, and Sidney Lumet all ended in divorce. And just remember, not everything you see or read should be taken 
for face value. Whatever this reality is, they need certain reactions. They need you to consume the information to instill fear in you, in your heart, in your mind. Those programs are not a coincidence. And if you start seeing the patterns and you start seeing the constant push for certain things across numerous platforms, news agencies saying the same thing over and over and over and over, different ones saying the exact same thing, you have to question if what you're hearing is propaganda pushed by the CIA and the United States government. Because I lay you odds, it is. And they don't want you to know. Otherwise, you will commit suicide with two bullets to the back of your head. Question everything. Believe nothing. Whereas a famous saying once goes, Believe half of what you see and nothing of what you hear. You have two ears for a reason to listen twice as much than what you speak. Pay attention. Listen. Stay tuned because uh, my next podcast, I'm going to be going over a few things pertaining to different operations that are going to be occurring in 2022. And I'm going to be discussing the Vanderbilts in detail uh, along with the other 12 prominent families, the 13 bloodlines. This entangled web of lies and what you can trust is only the tip of the iceberg for you to realize this construct, this reality, this realm that we're living. It's either being fabricated as we go or the outcome's already been established and predicted. And I've yet to determine that, but I do know mathematically there's patterns. And if you look close enough, you can see these patterns. I only wish to get the information out to everyone and hope that you pass it along. I don't want anything from this. I just want the information to get out there so that people can make educated decisions. Ultimately, you make up your own mind. But until next time, keep it logical.